Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Welcome to The Ovation Show, where we're discussing the healthcare crisis in America. We're bringing partners, colleagues, clients, and business owners together to discuss solutions and innovations that bring a higher quality of care to employees while reducing their out-of-pocket costs, but also reducing the employer's costs and giving them more transparency and control. We are live today in the Work Innovator Studio, where Work Innovators is amplifying the voice of business. Today, we're gonna to talk about innovation and in the healthcare space, really around virtual care and where that's going. Uh, my special guest today is Wayne Orchard, a partner and executive vice president for uh, Lyric Health. And so, Wayne, welcome. Thank you for having me. Uh, I was my wife and I were talking the other day, and we realized I mentioned your name because she's talking to your wife on health stuff. And I was like, you know, I've known Wayne for over fifteen years, maybe even close to twenty. Yeah, it was way back at the New Benefit days. Yeah, it's been a long time. <laughs> it's been great. We got to get on the golf course, like you said. Yes. So let's. So I want to just jump right in. You know, we had I had Ray on here year and a half ago, and we really focused on telemedicine because where that went, and especially through COVID, it just, it went from being kind of the little side thing to a main piece of healthcare. Yeah. And now we, you know, of course you guys went, are leading the way in telehealth and telemedicine, and then you, you did the pet health, pet virtual care, and you've got behavioral health as well. But now you've taken, you've renamed the company to Lyric, which we'll talk about in a minute but you're going into this virtual care space. So talk me, I guess, talk me about virtual care. What is that? Well, certainly. Uh, so for us, the definition of virtual care is really taking care of all health needs head to toe in a remote location. Uh, you know, during the pandemic, what we found was, you know, the day to day healthcare needs of someone can be taken care of by phone or video, right? Uh, even maybe a, a simple chat text uh, back and forth to a provider to get your questions answered. Uh, you know, March 2020, when all the offices, no one was going to the doctor offices. And so these doctors had to pivot to a virtual care setting of saying, how can I continue my services for my patients day to day? So prior to that, we were doing episodic, right? Mm -hmm. Your cold, cough, flu, those types of, of illnesses. And it was call the doctor, you know, get on the phone with them, spend 10, 15 minutes, get a, a prescription you know sent into the the local pharmacy and that's it that was kind of the, the episode of that um really no general follow-ups or, or anything like that well uh after the pandemic started and we started seeing this flow of virtual care really coming on strong uh, we decided we really need to enhance this and it's the way to deliver it to our clients and groups and and members that make us a little bit different 
Well, like what you said, you know, that change about the way we're delivering health, because it was, it was acute care, it was urgent care, it was solving a, a quick problem. I'm sick, I can't get the doctor. But being able to take it now into where it's, it's that daily care. And I know we're just dealing with someone, um, you know, they're like, I got to get a doctor visit. I need my ID card. I've got to get in there. If I can't get in tomorrow or this week, then they're going to be two months out. And being able to kind of get rid of that, have that more convenient care, I can start seeing it, seeing a doctor and have that same primary care physician. I don't know. So I'm trying to figure out. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're kind of getting rid of that in the face because it's not needed anymore. We realize that now after COVID. Yeah, the, the doctors really have embraced the, the, this new reality and seeing that that they're more efficient and more effective in these types of environment. Right. Um, yeah, they're able to take care of an illness that something came up today or someone's chronic illnesses. Uh, well, one thing that we're finding is the convenience of the virtual primary care is is, is tremendous. Um, you know, we're not the only ones out there with the virtual primary care offering. Um, but what we have done is we put together a plan to make it easy for someone to access and to have effective outcomes. You know, uh, there's guys like you and I, and well, I won't put you in the bucket. I won't, <laughs> won't, won't raise your hand for you, but myself, I'll be the first one to raise my hand um, that an incident happened to me that landed me in the ER, had an overnight observation right um wasn't sure exactly what it was so for the next three months and all these tests and about fifty thousand dollars of claims to a self-funded you know uh, insurance program uh it was hey wayne uh, you have high blood pressure you have high cholesterol and stress and those these these three things kind of collided at one time and and put you on this you know this this track right so wayne when was the last time you went to your primary care physician well, it's been, you know, it's been some years and because, you know, uh, again, I raised my hand of I put time and money over my own health and it, because it's so hard. Right. Where's my insurance card? I got to call this person. I got to make this appointment. I got to, you know, adjust my schedule. You know, can I even do do that during this day? It, it, we've made healthcare so hard, you know, that with reality of the busy schedules that we have, why can't we consume it the way we consume anything else? If I can sit there and order a, a car on my phone, why can I not connect with a physician or a specialist via phone and and have the same outcome if I was face to face? Well, I think you hit something on there too about the physicians have embraced it now. And I think that was when I go back, even talking to physicians I knew five years ago, and I'd say, well, we're doing telehealth. And they're like, oh, I don't want any part of that. You can't see a patient. You can't take care of them, can't treat them. And I think, again, going through COVID and where they had to get into that virtual realm, now they realize it does work and you can't take care of patients. Um, and particularly, you know, I go to, when I would go to my doctor, I wouldn't even see the doctor. Five minutes, walk in, look at the chart. Okay, yeah. And we'll order a test and send you on your way. And the nurse practitioner took care of everything. The nurses took care of everything. And I found, so I used Lyric, you know, I, I, I logged in and did a virtual visit and I loved it because not only did I get a, a doctor, he called me, you know, we set an appointment, called me at the right time. We did it over the phone. I talked about my concerns were, when was the last time you went to the doctor? Well, it's been a couple of years because of COVID, um, but I'm worried about my cholesterol. I'm worried about testosterone. I'm worried about these certain things. And he said, okay, great. Sounds great. Let's get, let's get your labs ordered first. 
and he ordered the labs and I was able to schedule the labs when I was ready for them, when I needed to go do them. And I think it made that convenience where again, my other doctor was like, well, you got to come in and set an appointment and be here when I'm available. I was setting an appointment at their availability, not mine. So it does make that convenience, which makes accessibility, which allows me to take care of my health better. Cause like you said, most of us put our time and money ahead of our own health. Yeah. Well, two, you know, two huge gaps in healthcare is treatment adherence and medication management, right? Uh, one of the treatment adherence is, okay, I, I need you to get labs done as, as a doctor in order to get that baseline and figure out, is there some underlying conditions there that we need to, to resolve? Well, we know that if a lab facility is not inside the doctor's office or in the same building, that less than 50% of labs ever get taken care of. So, who's responsible for that typically it's going to be that employee or that patient mm -hmm. and and the owner is always on them well this is where we're a little different right we're, we're saying hey let's not put everything in the weight on the shoulders of of that employee let's help them so we have a care team that's dedicated to call them to find out what's convenient for them you know so we have contracts with LabCorp with quest and guess what? If those two aren't convenient, I have a mobile phlebotomist that'll come to your work or your house and, and do the blood draw, right? So we're, we're taking those steps to say, hey, you know, it's, it's almost the treat someone how you want to be treated. We really have, have taken that on as a serious motto of saying, if we want to consume healthcare, how do we want to consume it? And now we have the doctor network that, as you said, they had to, to be forced and, you know, doctors and I've got plenty, plenty of, of, of relatives and friends and everything that, that, are, that are physicians. They're one of the hardest to change as far as far as their, you know, routines. Right. Because what, hey, why change something if it's already working? Right. So they weren't the ones leading the charge for for virtual care. But I will tell you now they're you know big supporters behind it because they saw that it was effective. If it wasn't effective during the pandemic and all, then they wouldn't have ever come out and said, oh, well, let's go ahead and continue doing this. Uh, so we're seeing some great results from that. And not only on the physician side, but all the other things that are integrated, the labs, the behavioral health, the dermatology, uh, care navigation, you know, and all these little tools that help along the way, just like our caregiver tool. Yeah, so we're able to now be able to bring in a third party into any of our video conferences with a physician. So if that physician is talking to my mom, you know, uh, down in South Texas, and I need to be a part of that conversation, I can also get a link and join that that uh, video uh, consult too. You know, so it's things like that that we're really upfront and using technology to really help us get to that next level of virtual care. Well, I like the technology piece. I think that's a very important part of it. Like you said, being able to link people in, but also just the electronic records, setting the appointments. So I know even when I logged into Lyric and I go in there, it gives me that option to choose a doctor, choose an appointment. My records are there, call logs. When did we speak? What did we talk about? And it does have that nice record to see it because I know my old doctor still was like everything was paper. Right. And, and and they'd get a lab. Well, can you, and I hated this. They'd like, well, can you come in and look at the lab? And we're going to discuss it with you. I'm like, why can't you do it over the phone? You know, I know you, you want me to come in so you can charge my insurance for another office visit and me another copay. I understand that, but I wasn't going to do it. And now being able to see everything in virtual is nice. And, we're, and I mean, I have another doctor that is all virtual. And so I know everyone's getting there, but having that in that virtual care 
is it's great. One of the things I like too, you know, from from a telehealth perspective, in the past for urgent care, you know, you get a different doctor every time, depending on when you call, who connects, and so on. And I like with the virtual care because you get the same doctor. You become a patient of that doctor, right? Yeah. And so, so on that doctor side, how do you get the physicians? that are in the network that are the ones taking care of it. So, you know, I'm going to have the same doctor all the time. How do you get those people? So typically through our traditional telemedicine that we were doing before, you know, the urgent care, um, you know, a lot of them were emergent medicine. Um, you know, we had family practice and pediatrician and stuff, but a lot of it was that emergent medicine. And because they were the ones who had multiple states have kind of seen it all, done it all right. And, and worked in that, that fast paced environment. Uh, so the recruitment side for our virtual primary care is just PCP, right? So we're looking for you know, internists, family practice, general medicine, you know, pediatricians that are used to a schedule, right? Um, the, before, like I said, you call in, you know, maybe five, 10 minutes later, the doctor's calling you back via our technology. Well, that's not the same way of going in, as you said, you see the doctor, you see their bio, you see their schedule. And if it's Thursday at three o'clock, then that's when your appointment is. And that's when you'll get connected, you know, and we have notifications that will remind the person that you have upcoming appointments and stuff, both sides, doctors and patients. So we make sure that there's a, a constant communication there and that they know that that is their doctor. However, it's just like if on a Saturday afternoon, if I'm sick or, or my you know child is sick, my doctor's not available, right? My primary care. So we still have that 24 seven overlay on top of it for those urgent needs. However, all those records, because you're in the same portal, all those records get shared amongst those doctors. So that urgent care doctor will be able to see what history you've had. When's the last time you talked to primary, you know, is, is there things there that online that could be triggering this certain episode? And same thing when they go in and put their notes in, then when you go to your primary care the next time, then they'll be able to see, oh, uh, Dan, I saw you had, you know, a sinus infection, did everything get cleared up, right? So that follow-up and, and the, you know, continuity of care is really vital in this process, you know, and even if a specialist is needed, we know that not everything's gonna be able to be taken care of virtually. And we're not there to disrupt someone's uh, relationship that they already have with a primary care. What we're here is for a value add, for convenience, and for those people who are in this bucket over here that typically, again, if we went in and looked at all the claims and saw we had a huge population over here that's driving claims and they're going in and getting healthcare all the time, we got this bucket over here that, that they look like they're healthy, but it's because they don't have any claims at all. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and so it's this false sense of security. Those are the ones that we're really engaging and making sure that they are uh, know that they have this avenue to be able to take care of the, themselves. I think you, you hit, hit on the one thing that you mentioned was about the records and the sharing of records and all that's in one portal. And I like that because so many times you go to one doctor and you have to refill all the paperwork out. They don't have access to your primary physician records, they, they don't have access to the primary care that I went to. So having it all in one place where somebody can actually see all your records is great. Um, I wanted to talking about the employee and, and, and be people that are using it. I see a couple different scenarios. Um, first, I know I'm thinking that population that doesn't go to the doctor may not even have insurance. This would be a great solution for an employer to say, we don't have we can't afford insurance or my employees don't take part in the insurance because it's too expensive they don't want to spend the money this is something the employer could give 
to give that health care to their employees, but also ensure that their employees maybe start taking care of themselves. Do you yeah. see employers gravitating towards it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So and not only that, but the adding family, you know, because a lot of employers will take care of the, the employee up to a certain amount. But now the, if I want to add my family on, that's 100 percent typically on, on myself. That's usually the part that I can't afford in the dynamics of how my productivity goes down when my family is sick, when I'm trying to deal with that. You know, it is tremendous in that we're able to get these services on a family basis. Right. And um, so I think you, you referenced about labs. You know, uh, one of our things with our virtual primary care is that a free annual lab test is done for the you know uh, employee and their spouse. You know, so because we're trying to cover everything that's there, because if my wife has some kind of underlying condition, that's as important as it is myself because i'm going to have to you know be the one either caretaking or worrying about or, or whatever it may be so that extension of these benefits to a family is tremendous and so we're seeing those who lay this over on top of their their fully insured especially self-funded groups because they're able to see that that the redirection of healthcare uh, can can be really big uh, we're also seeing those who don't have or lack of you know coverage um but either way there we're seeing a lot of employers right now uh gravitate to this solution well, i think i think i like what you said about the family coverage because we do we see a lot of employers that pay a large portion of the employee only coverage and then the employees are stuck i want to i want to insure my family i want to have health care for my health coverage for my family but i cannot afford the extra thousand dollars a month or whatever it is and so this does give that overlay where here, I know you can't do it. Here's something we can put on top of it that's less expensive, a lot less expensive, and still gives that that primary care that's needed. Um, you know, and to your point, when somebody else gets sick in the family, you know, they miss work. They may have to, you know, somebody like us, where maybe we're, we're salaried employees, we take a day off, we're still getting paid for that time. We still get some work done. But with, you know, with hourly employees, I get paid for a job, for an hourly wage. If I'm sitting at home with my son, I'm not getting paid. And so this is an opportunity for them to take care of their kid and still be able to work, hopefully, take care of their family um, and themselves. So, Wayne, tell me about, from a cost savings perspective, when an employer puts this in on top of their health plan, especially in a self-funded, where the goal is to reduce the overall claims cost, how do you see that affecting the claims costs? When we put this program together, one of the things I really wanted to make sure was how do we uncover those underlying conditions that typically someone doesn't know until an episode happens, lands them into an ER or into the hospital, you know, because then that's when the huge claims come, mm -hmm. right? It, it, the, you know, to have someone on Lipitor or something like that on a maintenance medication, that's, that's no big deal, right? But again, like myself that, you know, I landed in the hospital and now I'm on these maintenance, but it took $50,000 worth of claims to figure that out when if I had just gone in one visit, probably had my blood test done, I could have already taken care of this. So the savings is is twofold. You know, one is, um, you know, be able to redirect healthcare 
and make it less expensive, right? So you're avoiding a lot of expenses, but also the avoidance and mitigating the risk of those high claims. You know, if we're able to get into a population and find that uh, 5% of that population has hypertension or 2% is pre-diabetic, right? Especially diabetes, usually that's not something until an episode happens that you know you, now you fall into this category. So if we're able to find those underlying conditions, there are tremendous savings that, that we are able to see right now, plus all the future savings that you know would incur with that employee. Using yourself as an example is good because I think about when we do telehealth through my telemedicine, we log in the portal and we can see how many visits happen. And you guys have a tool that shows, because you ask the employee, where would you have gone, urgent care, primary care, ER, and you show that cost savings and you know an average number. And so the employer can see, here's how much money I've potentially saved in those claims. But that's again, those urgent care visits. When you're talking the big visit, if we can get somebody in that wasn't normally going to the doctor and now can get on the drugs they need, can get their cholesterol in check, get their high, you know, high blood pressure, you can avoid that $50,000 claim, that $100,000 claim. Cause that's a big hit on the health plan, as you know. Um, so, and I, I actually can see where the employer can put this in. When I look at an average doctor visit, we see billings all the time and I'm thinking out loud here, but you know, if a doctor is charging 200, 250 just for a primary care doctor visit and suddenly you're pulling that off of that claims. If you do that for every employee or half the employee, that's a big savings on the claims. Yeah, we're, and we're seeing that, again, that, that initial redirection. So those immediate savings are, are there, but there's tons of studies that show if a person you know gets diagnosed with, with hypertension, what does that mean as far as savings rather than an episode happening that now they're, they're usually at a higher level of disease state. And so if you're able to take care of that disease state early on, uh, again, that's why the employers love wellness programs because it's preventative. It's, it's trying to keep your population healthy. Uh, well, that's what a primary care physician is for. Primary care physician isn't so I can get my Z-Pack all the time from them, right? And that's why they get overloaded. And that's why they only spend two or three minutes in the room because they're so full where they went to, to school to help someone you know, uh, find that healthy balance and continue that healthy lifestyle. You know, so we're able to, and that's why these doctors really love this program because when they're talking to, you know, a, a primary care physician visit, that's what they're talking about. You know, they really get in depth of, you know, when someone comes in, you're talking about all of you know, the different things that, that we calculate. And so, well, one of the things with the virtual primary care that you, we don't do on the urgent care is a health risk assessment. 25 simple questions, easy to get through, very quick, but it gives the doctor so much insight information of that person's surroundings, what kind of work environment, what kind of, uh, you know, are they going out to eat? Uh, is there any drinking? Is there any smoking? Is there, you know, what kind of habit? Well, sleep. You know, some of these things that, you know, they can really dive into, and that really tells them off of that, this, you know, the, the free panel of labs that we do, is that enough? Or is there certain things that maybe we need to also be checking? Let's talk about costs a little bit because I, I know when, when we were, you know, always put in telehealth and telemedicine, we found, okay, if we put a copay with it, people were less likely to use it because right. it costs money for a visit and maybe they didn't have the money or they're, it's now it's a burden on them. So when we made it free visits, you know, free virtual care, the employer's paying for the plan and the employee can use it for free, free consults. We saw higher utilization, employees were more apt to use it. So when we go into virtual care, 
you know, it's a membership base. Typically, the employer is paying for it, and it's a very reasonable cost. I won't say how much, but it's really reasonable. Contact me to find out. Um, but when they so they get the free doctor visits, the free virtual care, the physician. Are they paying for labs? If they are, they you know, what, and what are the costs typically? Yeah. So once again, we're, what we're trying to do is make it very easy, it, without any kind of hurdles uh, or bumps or anything to to get into the system. We're, we're trying to attract those who normally aren't taking care of their health to begin with. And the reason is, is it time or is it money? Usually one of those two factors is why someone's not taking care of their health. So having the convenience of being able to schedule at any point in time that takes care of the time, now the money situation. So I get zero costs on the benefits. Uh, the lab panel, it's a... Um, 13, it's a panel of 13 different labs that gets your, your base, you know, uh, there. And, and, but if someone needs a, like an A1C, again, we're contracted direct. It, it's unbelievable the, 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 the cost versus what retail is, yeah. you know, on stuff. And, and all we do, because we're not a lab company, we're not making, you know, money on, on this. We're just sending them directly to the lab and putting a small administrative fee on top of it. And that's it. You know, so the savings that someone has for just a lab, you know, I think the, you know, to do a um, outside the chemistry panel, let's just say, you know, for uh, cholesterol, I think it's like 30 bucks, okay. you know, uh, which I may get in trouble for, no. for you know, <laughs> saying it for Quest and LabCorp. But, you know, uh, and the member knows this ahead of time. And that's where the, that dedicated yep. care team comes in is be able to, to hold the hand of that person. Because, uh, again, we talked about how if someone goes into a brick and mortar, has a lab request, it's, you know, less than 50 percent of the time is it going to get filled. Well, it's because no one really follows up. The doctor's office is too busy to do that. Or if you are supposed to come in on a 90 day uh, refill appointment and you don't come in, the doctor's too busy to, to, to follow up. We are dedicated to making sure that we don't have those gaps in care and that care team is dedicated to that person to notify them in many different ways, along with just picking up the phone. You know, hey, Mr. Jones saw that you, you missed your appointment. Sorry about that. Let's go ahead and get you scheduled. Are you available right now? You know, and, and however we need to do it to make sure that that person is, you know, staying with their health uh, up to date. That's the, the most up, you know, importance to us in making sure that someone has longevity in our system. You know, and again, it's not we know that we're not going to connect with 100 percent of the employees. I think if we did, we had to charge <laughs> a lot more for it. But we know there's a certain population that we're going to be able to, to manage that care and make a huge difference in the cost savings. I think you hit on something there with the transparency and cost, because that is huge. I mean, we always talk about what else you go. What other thing do you buy that you don't know the price up front you don't healthcare is the one thing you go in you get seen and then you get a bill mm -hmm. and you don't even know what it is so knowing yeah my lab is 30 dollars or being able to ask hey it's 50 dollars, it's 25 i can plan know if i'm going to get it or not i think it's really valuable and i like you know again seeing the costs i know we looked at um i'll use we did a labs not too long ago and we got a bill uh for my wife getting some basic labs and it, there were some labs that weren't covered by insurance we get this bill and they were billing us like a thousand dollars for these labs. And so I look up what Medicare pays for them, and it was about one hundred eighty dollars. And so I had to go back and forth, and got I actually got LabCorp to back them out, and we just paid cash for it. But you see that you know this the billing is it, it, it's ridiculous that they're charging five six times more than what it should be. So having that, and we didn't know we had that transparency up front. You know, same thing with I just had a uh, 
cardiac scan done. And so I asked them, you know, how much is this? What's going to cost me? And they said, well, well, if we get approved with insurance, it'll be about $1,200. We'll build insurance and so on. I'm like, okay, it'll take about two weeks to get approval. I'm like, well, I kind of want to get done now. What's the cash price? $115 for an MRI on my heart. And so, you know, again, asking those questions, having that transparency is so valuable. And it made me get it done quicker because I'm like, I can afford $115. I couldn't afford $1,200 to do it. So having that transparency, how are you handling? So let's just say doctor talks to me. We do some labs. Now the doctor comes back in, I'm assuming, looks at the labs, gives me a call or we schedule an appointment to say, hey, let's walk through your labs. You need Lipitor, you need a stat and you need this. How do they get their drugs? Is that running through Lyric or do you have partnerships in there? Yeah. So one of the things with the care team is to make sure that the person is getting you know, the, the correct medication, but what's the plan design? You know, the, the, I don't know how many times that you have dove into someone's plan design and find that they're paying $60,000 for a drug you can get $30,000. Well, who's to blame on that? And the first person you look at is, well, who, who wrote the prescription? Well, the doctor wrote, the doctor doesn't know the doctor, you know, they're going off of, you know, something that, you know, the, the representative came in pharmaceutical rep, or they went to, you know, some kind of conference and go, okay, this sounds, sounds good. And that's what they start writing. It's no fault of that doctor. And then it's no fault of the employee because they don't know really, they don't know what a plan design is. So if we can jump in, and and find you know a a the cost of a certain medication and we go wait a second this is kind of up there we can then dive into the plan design and find out is there alternatives can we you know move this from a brand to a brand or brand to generic or whatever it may be and because we have the relationship with the doctors we're able to get back with the doctor and say hey we need this you know refilled under this and it's all done electronically so they're not having to take a bunch of time out of their day in in doing this. Now, if a doctor says, hey, I know because of all this other stuff that they have going on or certain medications that th- they had to take this, then, then that's absolutely fine. We're not gonna, we're gonna tell a doctor what, you know, how, how, how to practice medicine. However, there's so many times that we're able to help an employee get an alternative drug because we know what their plan design is. And, and that, again, bottom dollar, you know, cost savings right mm-hmm. there. I think, you know, he said something about, you know, the physician, they don't, they don't know, they don't care. Mm-hmm. They're, they're prescribing, Hey, it was the latest pharmaceutical rep in my office. Take this one. I heard it's great. Mm-hmm. But I do think, you know, most people take generics and most generics are fantastic and being able to direct people into that, say, Hey, you don't need this brand name. You should do this generic first. I have an idea for you too. And I was thinking about this. Maybe, you know, I don't know if you know the guys on a script go pharmacy mm-hmm. down in Austin or Waco. They have, they are by far and pharmacy is one of my specialties the cheapest uh, brand name pharmacy. It's an online pharmacy. They mail ship everything, but they are the cheapest. They beat out Mark Cuban and GoodRx and everybody because they buy direct from the manufacturer and pass that directly onto the consumer. And they just have a membership fee once a year. But that that might be a good partnership for you guys for you know maybe people that don't have a health plan. If the doctor can prescribe the meds, say, hey, this is going to be a long time thing. You're going to be on the statin for the rest of your life. Why don't I hook you up with, here's a price at Scripco. Why don't you, we hook you up and then they can send that directly to them. Might be a good partnership. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, finding those types of avenues to, to help, you know, I have a, I have a long roadmap of what this can really turn, mm-hmm. turn into. Right. Um, you know, you, you saw Amazon care came yeah. out and, 
everybody thinks that Amazon Care is gone. They're, they're retooling. Yeah. What, what they found is what they use for their own employees um, can't be supported in, in a commercial setting, right? Um, but what they had was really good. The employees loved it, right? Just, you know, they can spend millions and millions of dollars on their own employees and, and have it as a, a loss factor. They can't do that you know, with Peloton, one of their clients, yeah. right? So they're, they're going back and, and retooling. Um, but what they came out with was some some very good you know, information and ideas. And so around that, I've got this road path that we're really looking at how to enhance our virtual primary care offering, you know, um, and Arusa is a, a term for that entire package, right? Because it's not just the virtual primary care, it's the integration of, of the labs, uh, care navigation, message specialist, um, behavioral health, the, the virtual care, you know, counseling 24-7 crisis management, along with short-term, you know, counseling. But we also know that, especially with the pandemic, there is a lot of people who need therapy, some long-term mm -hmm. therapy. You know, so we built out our own psychologist and psychiatry network and, and on a virtual basis uh, to give access you know, there. So again, even if someone has that in their back pocket for their plan, maybe the co-pays, maybe it's inconvenient. I, I don't know what, but we're seeing a tremendous uptake on things like that. So having a uh, pharmaceutical you know, type of whether it's mail order or, or you know, local, um, those are the things that we definitely want to put in there and have as an option when that based off of the employer's plan. Again, maybe they have it uh, and we can add to it or they don't have it at all and we can supplement in there. It's really a 360 degree care. I mean, hitting all aspects of it. Yeah, I like it. So, um, so, we, so let's kind of rehash a little bit. So, we, you know, virtual care, 360 degrees, covering all the bases, labs, cost containment, uh, care management, physician visits, all under one umbrella, all virtual. Um, we're seeing it. So employers are putting it on top of their health plan. You're also, are you seeing a lot that are just buying it for employees, like variable hours and variable hour wage employees? They're just saying, hey, here's our health plan. We don't have a health plan. This is what you're getting. Yeah, well, because we don't have to go along with the, the plan design that they have for full-time, part-time, retired. Um, you know, the, so all classifications, they can have this program put in for virtual care. And some of those may have their traditional insurance. Some may not. Um, and a lot of employers are you know, seeing that as a real benefit because, as you said, the cost, even though that they you know, say, well, we're going to pay for 50 percent, whatever it may be, they're seeing the participation, especially this year. I, you know, I'm, I'm seeing some scary statistics come out because of the economy um, as open enrollment is going and how the participation is down. And they're and it's all about cost. And so again, people are foregoing healthcare for for a reason, you know. And when you're talking about, you know, something that's going to cost less than a buck a day, you're talking a, a tremendous savings on the backside and a happy employee that has something there that they can rely on, right? It's not catastrophic and all that, but guess what? The day to day needs is what you know, we need, this is, is something that we have to have. And if it is convenient, then we're going to go ahead and use it. I love it. You're you know, providing the day-to-day -day care. You're providing the, the urgent care, all that together, the full family. Um, do you, what about languages? That's something I was just thinking about Spanish, English, what, how many languages yeah. are you doing and well, how so, do you handle that? 
Yeah, so as, as you know, um, you know, when we started my telemedicine back in, in 2015, one of the very biggest things that we came out with is multiple languages being within our portal. Right. So, uh, you know, being a Texas you know, born type of uh, company was that for Spanish is, is, you know, a population that we want to make sure that we have covered. However, any other language we're able to tap into via a language line. You know, so if uh, we've done Mandarin, we've done Russian, we've done, you know, we've done probably about 50 different languages that is, is, you know, able to communicate with our care team, with our doctors, with our care coordinators. Uh, so we're able to service basically any population. Excellent. And then you're talking about drive, you're talking about utilization, driving utilization. Are you doing marketing to the to the employees, to the members? What does that look like? Because we, we were just doing another uh, ep- podcast the other day and we talked a lot about employee communication. And being able to, you know, throughout the year and getting the information about open enrollment, about the, the enhancements we're bringing to health plans. So how do you communicate to the employees throughout the year? Yeah. So we're looking at today, right now, what what is it that a consumer, right? Because everybody, whether employee you know, or, or, or spouse, or whatever, they're still a consumer, right? And how do you drive advertising? How do you get their attention? So if you go down just one avenue of, okay, well, we're just going to rely on emails. That's only going to hit a certain you know population. So we get in the very first thing is on the day that they're eligible is we get that welcome email, you know, taken care of, tell them how to, you know, download the app, get into the portal, set up their activation, you know, but that's not it. Right. We then have a, a three day and a seven day. And then, you know, once a month go out and push notifications through their app, SMS, you know, and, we're, and we do it in a cadence not to overwhelm. And then we know who is getting engaged and then they go down a certain path and then we're going down another path with employees that you know aren't engaging yet and trying to make sure that you know a lot of times virtual care outside out of mind right but if as this continues to grow and we're starting to see you know again we're, we're not the only one with a virtual primary care offering um I was really thinking that in 2023 was when a lot of education, you know, know, a lot of adoption was going to happen going into 2024. Uh, And and I'm seeing, you know, I told, you know, everyone at the home office that guys put, you know, the the, the pedal to the metal because it's happening now. Uh, I'm seeing so many, you know, carriers come up. You know, we're talking about CVS is, you know, their own solution, Walmart, their own solution. You know, everyone's coming out with their own solution. So I think it's going to become a a normal virtual care is part of any given plan. And one of the terms that you're going to hear is virtual first or digital first. Right. That's a, a term that is going to start hitting regularly of saying we want you to call into this provider, right? Be it Lyric Health, and they're going to triage and they're going to see what can we take care of virtually versus putting out to your plan. And and so being able to, you know, a lot of people are, are kind of looking at like HMO gatekeeper, but you don't have to go through all the hoops to, to do you know that. All it is, is this is the first call. Um, and and we started that with a particular group on last January and and we're seeing a lot of success and a lot of satisfaction from the employees because a lot of the times they don't know what to do, how to do it right or where to go. So if they're able to contact one number, you know, or one portal 
and go in through that that route, they're finding it very easy to use. Dwayne, thanks for coming in. Uh, excited to be able to share Lyric Health with everybody out there and what really what's happening in virtual primary care and virtual care and that 360 degree solution that you're providing for employees and employers. So I appreciate you coming in. How do people get hold of you? Well, they can go out to our website of getlyric.com and certainly ask for a demonstration or go to Ovation. There we go. So, you know, employers out there, you know, the people that we talk to, this is great. We have it in clients now. Um, they're using it. They love it. It is a cost containment. It's a high quality care. And again, you can strap it onto your current health plan. It can be in lieu of the health plan if you don't offer one or for those employees that maybe just aren't on it because, again, they can't afford the health insurance or the dependents aren't on it. There's a solution. This can be a solution for, for you and your employees. And with that, uh, contact us if you have any, need more information. And thanks for tuning in. Here's a word from our sponsors. Thanks everyone for tuning in to the Ovation Show. We'd like to give special thanks to our supporters, Craig Shelley Luxury Watches and Fine Jewelry out of Beverly Hills, Success North Dallas, where Bill Wallace is making connections for over 30 years, and Work Innovators, where they're amplifying the voice of business. And now, a special word from our title sponsor. Employers turn to TBX to provide a modern, seamless, and hassle-free self-enrollment experience for core and voluntary products aimed at educating, not selling to employees. In fact, not only can employers provide a user-friendly, mobile-responsive technology solution full of dynamic communications, professional videos, and a data-driven decision support tool, they can do so at no cost to them. That's right, with TBX, there are no setup fees or PEPMs, and there's no need to replace existing technology, as we can easily snap onto any existing HRIS and HCM systems. Plus, the enrollment experience is ready in just 30 to 45 days or less, and data files are properly formatted and delivered to carrier and payroll destinations quickly, securely, and accurately. We look forward to helping you accomplish what others can't, a state-of-the-art technology platform for open enrollment, new hires, and qualified life event processing that's simple to implement and maintain. A partnership that's a perfect fit. That's TBX. As business leaders, we all know that healthcare is expensive. In fact, it's one of the top five expenses in most companies. The decisions you make or don't make in your healthcare plan can have financial repercussions down the road, but not all is lost. There are ways to take charge and get your employees the best possible care, all while reducing overall costs for us as employers and employees too. Get your copy of Life and Death Decisions in the C-Suite where Dan Lebrod and his colleagues pull back the curtain and address how the private healthcare system and health insurance industry have plagued businesses for decades. What you'll discover will empower you to take back control over your health insurance costs that could mean massive savings for your company while giving your employees better quality healthcare. Get your free copy now at the link below or using the QR code provided. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.